Welcome to the NCO Journal Podcast, where we explore NCO professional development. This is a podcast series where we discuss published articles with authors and provide a forum for the open exchange of ideas, information, and solutions. I'm your host, Chago Zapata, Managing Editor of the NCO Journal at Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. With me is the NCO Journal's Senior Editor, Tony Mena. Today, we discuss the article, Competitive Advantage, Increased Responsibility of Non-Commissioned Officers with Air Force Master Sergeant Bonnie Rushing, an instructor at the U.S. Air Force Academy's Military and Strategic Studies Department. Thank you for joining us, Master Sergeant Rushing. Appreciate you having uh, this conversation with us. Before we kick things off, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Sure. Thanks for having me. I'm Master Sergeant Bonnie Rushing. I'm one of the five enlisted faculty members here at the Air Force Academy. I teach in the Military and Strategic Studies Department. I'm a linguist by trade, uh, qualified in Spanish, Brazilian, Portuguese, and Tagalog. Started out as an air crew linguist in Special Operations C-130s, and then I did the ground linguist thing for a while, got my master's degree in strategic intelligence from the National Intelligence University. Tell us, what exactly is it that inspired you to write this article? I think it's important to highlight the evolution and the accomplishments of our enlisted corps, especially for me personally, being one of the only five enlisted faculty members at the service academy level, I think it's important to shed light on how far we've come as an enlisted force, what that brings to the U.S. military, how important it is, and maybe where we could go from here. Uh, can you talk about our competitive advantage when it comes to NCOs being able to take on more responsibilities? So beyond the traditional duties of NCOs, which have historically included things like technical support, personnel functions, and other blue-collar skilled labor, today's generation of NCOs are able to augment many uh, traditional commission officer roles. These roles include things like military leadership, empowered critical thinking and decision making, and even working alongside their officer RPA pilot and service academy professor counterparts. And this is a huge competitive advantage for several reasons. One, budget efficiencies, of course, enlisted personnel have a different pay structure. Of course, that's uh, that's lower, so that's an efficiency right there. Two, motivation that leads to retention rates. More NCOs choose to re-enlist, which of course leads to budget efficiencies in recruitment and training, and they want to work towards these potential opportunities. And three, our enlisted force is smarter and more empowered. Individuals in the NCO ranks will make critical decisions to support our military on a daily basis instead of waiting for guidance on every minute detail, every simple issue. Uh, now, this is not something that we that, that that was discussed specifically in your article, but our, our near peer adversaries, say China, uh, Russia, how are their NCOs different than ours? I mean, this is one of the things. That, is that what you're talking about? About a, a competitive advantage against our our adversaries? Uh, how how do they compare? I'm glad you asked that question. It's it's really important as our near peer competitors in the strategic environment are closing the gap on military capabilities. 
General C.Q. Brown, the chief of staff of the Air Force, says we need to accelerate change or lose. And one of the ways we can do that is by evolving the enlisted force. NCOs in the Russian military, for example, I just, I just heard about this on the news this week. They're not empowered to make even the smallest decisions. So, and this was just on, on the news, so this is open source here. The Ukrainian military, they took out the communications in one way or another, be that jamming or taking down um, cell towers or you know blocking Russian uh, prefixes on cell phones. So they, the Russian military was unable to communicate, so their C2 was, um, was interrupted and the enlisted, their NCOs or lack thereof of what we would consider NCOs in the front lines were doing nothing. They had no guidance, they had no power to make any decisions and without communications coming from the rear, the generals or higher ranking military officers that were in the back of the, the line of troops had to come all the way forward to see what's going on, to make those those uh, simple decisions, those minute issues, et cetera. And in doing so, uh, kind of created their own demise. They came up to the front and they had to do so because there was no powerful NCO core there. Um, and a lot of them have actually been taken out because of something similar to this. So that's just one uh, example of why NCOs are so important and why our um, near-peer competitors are lacking in this regard and, and why we should continue to evolve it. Yeah, that's one thing about um, NCOs, uh, specifically at the tactical level, they're, they're, they are more empowered because of, uh, you know, the, the um, uh, because of mission command and, you know, they have, you know, commander's intent. Uh, they're aware of it and they're, they're given the, the, uh, the opportunity to make the, those kind of decisions at, at their level. Um, but, when it comes to <clears throat> empowerment, though, we're not just talking about part of your, your I know your article, you're talking not just about uh, empowering them to make those kind of decisions, but empowering them by giving them, making their, their knowledge base uh, wider, like education. Can you talk about that? Beyond just having them become critical thinkers or empowered decision makers um, at the tactical level or beyond NCOs are continuing to pursue college degrees and certificates. Um, they're becoming more involved at the high level technical positions and those leadership roles. And um, I think that this is empowering in itself. They're becoming educated, more skilled. They're adding all of these different skill sets to the military. And a lot of them are doing it on their own time, their own motivation. As an instructor at the Air Force Academy, what role do you believe professional military education, PME, plays in developing NCOs and why is it important for it to evolve? PME or professional military education is absolutely critical for developing our NCOs. Uh, curriculum covers everything nowadays from education to policy review at the national security uh, strategy level. It is so important to also continue evolving PME as more senior enlisted leaders work as um, advisors for officers in different joint operational environments. Uh, 
The scope of responsibility is changing for NCOs and our education must evolve as well to keep up with that, especially in this new strategic environment as our near peer adversaries advance their military capabilities to challenge us. Now you, you're talking from, from your answer there, your, 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 your main focus, I guess you would say, would be the more senior NCOs. But how does this apply to, the, say, the more junior NCOs? The young, for us in the Army here, uh, the corporals, uh, young sergeants, staff sergeants, those who are just getting uh, made their jump to the NCO ranks and are, are beginning to move up. Oh, absolutely. So even in the Air Force, starting at E4, uh, you go to Airman Leadership School, and um, without aging myself, when I went through Airman Leadership School, you start at that level learning about communication, learning about writing, um, critical decision making, all of these different policies at that level as it is appropriate. And now our junior enlisted, they are working in joint environments. Before I came here to the Air Force Academy, I was working in a joint environment, so it didn't matter which branch you were in. Um, I had sailors, Marines, I had soldiers and airmen working with me and, and under me. So it was really important to get that exposure, not only to joint environment and critical decision making, but also communication, writing, briefing, all of these things that can set you up for success going forward in that strategic realm. Can you share a personal example of when you took on greater responsibilities than, than other armies reserved for the officer corps? The strongest example is where I am right now. I am the most junior ranking uh, individual to ever teach at a service academy ever anywhere in the world. I was selected as an E6 to come teach full time here at the academy. And just a few years ago here in the US, that would have been unheard of. And this is absolutely unheard of anywhere else in the world. So foreign militaries are absolutely not doing this or making this um, a viable opportunity. Also being a linguist by trade and also um, several hundred hours of being an air crew member, these rules are not common for enlisted troops in foreign militaries either. Can you talk about the uh, the importance of NCOs furthering their their education by, uh, say, earning college degrees or, or credentials? Absolutely. I'm a huge advocate for education. The Community College of the Air Force starts actually awarding college credit to brand new airmen as they start and uh, finish basic military training. Education programs such as you know, the um, GI Bill, tuition assistance, these exist for a reason, and I encourage all of my troops to use them. This is a motivating factor for many Americans who enter recruiting stations. And NCOs are able to develop not only their communication skills, writing, all those basic things you learn in college, but also leadership, technical skills, um, and you know anything more, whatever you would like to pursue in your degree or other education. And this not only helps the individual, of course, they can build their resume, uh, focus on their future, what they want to do after their service, but it also benefits the military because then 
NCOs are adding those skill sets into the ranks beyond that minimum training provided by the services. Um, why is it important for enlisted leaders such as yourself to teach at an officer school like the Air Force Academy? That is a great question. One, because we have enlisted faculty at the Air Force Academy, we're able to add perspective. So it is diversity of rank into the classroom. We have very different experiences, career backgrounds, etc., that we can share with cadets as they go through their educational process. Two, we're providing a more holistic picture of what the Air Force will actually look like when they graduate and go operational. We, as enlisted, outnumber the officers. And so when they're at the academy, it's almost like they're in this bubble with mostly just officers. So by adding some stripes to the classroom, they're able to add more of the big picture as to what the world is gonna look like. And three, they have a lot of questions. It has been amazing. I've been teaching here for a year now and they wanna know about these enlisted folks that they're going to be leading um, and they're able to understand who we are and they're very comfortable talking to me and asking questions. And I think that that adds a tremendous value to their commissioning education. Is, is this is the, uh, the classroom where you, where you teach these, uh, these, these uh, up and coming officers? Um, the, the, do you take an opportunity to, 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 to expand on what you're, what you're writing about here about um, because empowerment is one thing if, if you're not given the power by say the officer corps to, to, to make certain, certain kinds of decisions, uh, then you can, you know, it, it, it won't necessarily happen. You know what I mean? So, uh, is this where you, where you actually, uh, I guess maybe you're, you're, what you're doing is molding those minds and, and letting them know that, Hey, NCOs, I'm, is, I'm, am I off the market? Let me know if I'm off the mark. That is, uh, is, NCOs are able to make these kind of decisions and, and you can trust us to do them. Is this a place, is this something that you do? I think I do that overtly and then otherwise just by my actions. So they can see how experienced and how educated our enlisted force is and will be when they enter that operational realm. And they will trust, hopefully, in those those enlisted folks that they are working with to to advise them to make the right choices. They, they can see how incredibly intelligent um, the enlisted force uh, is, is becoming um, and to empower them to make those decisions. Now, I have been blessed with an amazing department um, of professors that work with me and they tell cadets almost every day, so they'll pull a cadet to my office and they say, you see that, that's a senior NCO best advice I can give you is find someone like her, find a senior NCO at your first unit and hold on tight because that, that person is going to help you and they're going to mentor you and they're going to teach you all of the personnel things you need to know at your first unit and they are a valuable asset to you. And those conversations alone, I think will be critical. NC, you argue that NCOs having development and educational opportunities uh, has helped retention rates. Uh, can you talk about what it is 
about these opportunities that makes mem- that makes service members want to stay in the military? So educational programs such as the GI Bill, tuition assistance, and other development opportunities, they help not only the individual, again, building their resume, focusing on what career paths they might like to take in the future. Um, And of course, they feel productive and rewarded uh, for their time in work while serving in the military, active duty or uh, otherwise. Um, But also college is expensive. Um, Many individuals are excited for the opportunities to to study um, and to earn college degrees for free through military programs, myself included. This was a a huge motivating factor for me to join uh, the Air Force and then continue to serve as they learn and graduate these different programs. I know that one of the things that I'm sure that's going to come up with our audience is like, Let's just be straight here with the there's a, there's always been a little bit of competition between all the services. So uh, the Army uh, NCOs might say, what what this what, what can this uh, master sergeant, Air Force master sergeant really tell me about, uh, you know, service when she's never served in the Army. Uh, but I think that that that's the thing, the beauty about your article is that it, this transcends any one service. Uh, the the it's important that uh, that NCOs know that that. Uh, the information here that the that you shared with us uh, transcends service, and it's it's something that uh, you know increased responsibility uh, is something that boy I I don't know where I'm going with this. I started talking, I had a plan for where I was going to go, and then I just like my 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 brain just kind of went poof. Uh, but <clears throat> the point is that there's always going to be um, people who are maybe want to say nay to to. To, to something like this. Well, what would you say to that, though, as far as the, the how does this, what your article that you wrote, how does that transcend or uh, uh, cover all the services, including, uh, now you, we'll, we'll add the, the uh, Army, Navy, Air Force, Coast Guard, uh, and now the Space Force. How does this uh, apply to every, all, the, all the NCO Corps or all the NCOs and all, across all the services? Increasingly, we have become more of a joint force. In fact, the class that I teach and I'll be core director for is called Air Power and Joint Operations Strategy, focused on joint operations. We have joint professional military education. I just most recently came from a joint mission, and this is the way of the future. All of the evolution and as it goes with PME, and with how our operations are conducted are in that joint capacity. Of course, branches are always going to have their differences and maybe even their rivalries. Um, And maybe the Air Force is doing things a little bit more different or they're being a little, they're leaning more forward as it involves this evolution and uh, these increased opportunities. But I think the other branches um, are making these strides as well. I think that these opportunities will continue to open. Um, and I think that this will become the truth for all of the different services moving forward. And we always have a lot of the same similarities. Of course, you know, one team, one fight. We're always looking at the same mission, working together 
anytime you are deployed and you're working for a combatant commander, that commander can belong to any branch. So we all working for the same goals and we all still have that same separation, that differentiation between officers and NCOs. So I believe it is relevant for everyone. So my favorite thing, especially on any article, is to look into the future. And what do you think the NCO role, like how should it expand into the future? Uh, maybe it's future responsibilities. And of course, my favorite, how does technology affect where it's going? So I think in the future, we will continue to develop these opportunities to provide more pathways for enlisted folks, NCOs, et cetera. And I think that's a good thing. Um, of course, with technology, everything is going to expand and become more rapid. Um, a lot of a lot of individuals such as myself doing their undergrads completely online. So it's becoming more available, even if you're deployed. And so I think in that way, it'll become more accessible. But as technology develops, so do needed skill sets. And we see more and more enlisted troops being involved in these very highly technical trades. And that's going to be the way of the future because so much technology has taken those menial tasks away, be that admin or filing or database management, that frees up our personnel to do these more highly technical trades. I think technology is so great. And we get enlisted people driving like million dollar vehicles and drones and just crazy specific niche kind of things. The NCO course just it's come such a long ways, as pointed out in your article. Well, Matt Sergeant, do you have anything that you wanted to add or anything that you'd like to discuss or, or that you want to touch on? So I just wanted to touch on the differences that still exist between officers and NCOs, because even though we are as enlisted force able to augment many of the commissioned officer roles, I still think it's important to understand these distinctions these and those importance, um, even though we, again, are working more closely together these days ever than before. Um, and one, ultimately, at the end of the day, commissioned officers will be the ones held responsible for the unit or the ship or the aircraft, positively or negatively. So I think that's an important distinction. Two, officers are that aircraft commander or you know, the, the ship captain or whatever vessel that might be, and they have the final say, the final decision making ability and direction. And of course, then also facing the consequences thereof. And three, even though these opportunities exist for enlisted, these educational opportunities, it's optional. For officers, it is not. So this is a requirement for them. It's an opportunity, an option for NCOs and the enlisted force. And these types of requirements, they can add an incredible amount of stress to commissioned officers. Um, and so it's important to understand that separation. And this also includes the structure of, you know, chain of command, UCMJ laws, other regulations um, that are in place because commanders or, you know, officers 
they'll have more success at leading their units while still maintaining regulations that support morale and discipline and those background regulations that have molded our military for um, for centuries. I'll hazard to say that <clears throat> that uh, the educational or the, uh, advancing your education and uh, and anything like that. I think it's for for NCOs. It is optional, but it is also if you want to advance through the ranks, uh, achieve more responsibility, uh, get further. Uh, you do have to do them. So it's I would hazard to say, including writing for the NCO Journal. That's something that you know. The more that you you open up your uh, expand on your abilities to. Uh, communicate, which is one of the first point, one of the uh, main points you discussed at the beginning of our conversation here, is that you know being able to communicate effectively is is an important part of being a good uh, a good leader, whether you're an NCO or an officer. So this is a definitely a forum. I absolutely agree, and I'm I'm glad I'm glad that you said that. Um, and that and that's the same for the Air Force. I mean, at a certain point, you cannot promote without at least your Community College of the Air Force Associates degree. But that doesn't mean that you can't enlist and be an NCO, but you might just stall out there. So I re highly recommend, or I, you know, as NCO would say, it would behoove you to do your college uh, degree. But for an officer, it's the absolutely requirement just to be a commission officer, have to have that college degree. Thank you for joining us, Mass Sergeant Rushing. It's uh, it's been a great conversation. It's uh, it's been uh, it's been fun, informational, and I appreciate you taking the time to uh, to continue the conversation with us and and open up a little more about uh, about your article. And thank you to our audience. Remember to put your knowledge to the page, submit articles, and get published with the NCO Journal. Don't forget to check out our webpage and follow us on social media. Catch you next time on the NCO Journal podcast. Mm -hmm.